Hello and hi, welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks. I'm Tim Callender. And we are here to dive into the culinary side of, of geekdom. There's a brand new book out, the Star Trek cookbook. This is a totally revamped edition not uh not merely an update from the one that came out i think in 99 this is an entirely new tome with new and updated recipes and the author chelsea monroe castle is here to share her love of fandom and cooking with us welcome chelsea hi thanks so much for having me it's great to be here i I have to ask, how in the world does one jump in with both feet with a Game of Thrones food blog? Because I don't uh, remember a whole lot of food in season one. Well, not in the shows, but in the books, there's uh, a monumental amount of food. Oh, uh, right. And right. so the food blog actually predated the show just barely. Uh, but... We had lucky enough timing. A friend and I started the blog together and we had just sort of very fortunate timing that it picked up steam right before the show kicked off. And after that, it was just crazy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So but it, I got the bug. There you, so what was it about food in these various fandoms that, that intrigued you so much that you said, I have to play in this particular sandbox? Well, I think fictional food is fun because everybody has to eat, you know, uh, it is, it is a truth of life that we have to eat to survive, but any amount of making food more fun, I think, and more interesting to prepare and just sort of bringing something else figuratively, literally to the table, um, I think is, is a really neat thing to be able to do. And I think people are often looking for ways to connect with their fandoms, whether it's at conventions or cosplay, prop building, what have you. And food, I think, is just another way of sort of inching a little closer to places and characters that we like. So were, were you always uh, considering yourself a foodie or did that just develop from curiosity out of the various... Uh, fandoms and games that you followed? Uh, definitely not. No, I um, <laughs> I was a, I'm a recovered picky eater. Uh, <laughs> I ate peanut butter and macaroni and cheese as a child. That is it. And um, it wasn't until I did a year abroad in Turkey for after high school that uh, it sort of cured me. I was like, you know what? Food is delicious. <laughs> uh, so I've been missing out all these years. Uh, so I'm just making up for lost time. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking at a list of some of the other books that you've done. There's the the official Game of Thrones cookbook, A Feast of Ice and Fire. There's uh, World of Warcraft official cookbook, the Big Damn Cookbook for Firefly, and the one that that really like stopped me was Elder Scrolls, the official yeah. cookbook. I'm like. <laughs> Elder Scrolls food? Yeah, okay. there's actually a fair amount of the games. Yeah. 
Um, that was one of my favorites to work on because it just, uh, it's very simple food, but it, it feels very authentic to the worlds of the games. How do you explore the food that's in a video game? I mean, you have to do some serious gameplay or have a really, you know, hella cool cheat sheet <laughs> to let you through. Well, it depends on the game. So some of them, uh, increasingly, I think video games are including crafting food, cooking within the game itself. So you can forage for ingredients and then combine them in your kitchen or campfire or what have you to make food, to heal yourself for just for kicks sometimes. And in those cases, it's actually pretty straightforward. You know, you, you take a look at whatever goes into the food within the game and then figure out what is missing to make it a recipe that actually works. <laughs> uh, and then see if you needs a little zhuzh to make it also taste good. So did you have to go through uh, with, with the, the Star Trek cookbook or any of them to, to go through and test out what the recipe would be? Did you have a guy that said, okay, this is how you make it, uh, adjust to your own taste kind of thing? Or how many recipes were repurposed? Because I know the Andorian spice bread that's in here is nearly identical to a baked recipe that my wife has made. Mm. She was looking through it. She goes, I've made that before. And it's like, yeah, you have. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I, I might demand photos of that then. That's, uh, she should be a, a seasoned pro at twisting all that dough up. So. Nice. Yeah, she is. She's really an amazing baker. That's fabulous. Yeah. Well, it's, I think one of the tricks with fictional food is it has to be makeable, right? You know, it's got to be something that most people can tackle in the kitchen if they want. And it also has to taste good, but it has to be, you know, not just sort of repurposed with a name slapped on it. That's, that's absolutely, that is one of my pet peeves. Um, so, you know, something interesting looking like the, the bread, there are, there are many versions of that, that, you know, twisted up in a tear and share kind of a loaf. And um, so I think where that one goes a little different is the spice blend profile, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of cinnamon is pretty standard, but cumin, I think, is in that one too. And it's that's that's not that usual for a bread like that. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So the, there were there are two recipes in here that really struck my eye. I was, I was looking through it. Uh, uh, as you, you mentioned, you know, some of it is how do you take a particular recipe that already exists, give it to twist. But there's two in here that I don't know that there are any um, real world analogs for. Oh, the I first... guess. Yeah, go ahead. Gah. Yeah. And the blood pie. Um, no, actually, Ooh. I was looking at the Starfleet food rations. Oh, yes. <laughs> because, because you know, I was th as I was looking through it, I was really excited to see those in here. Um, yeah. Because that's like the infamous shot in Journey to Babel, where the the the, the diminutive ambassadors are putting Play-Doh into the glasses, right. and I, you know, even as a as a young Star Trek fan, it's like, what the heck is that? And what does it taste like? And what's the texture? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I that was one of the first things on my list when uh, I got the call for the cookbook because it just obviously it's it's iconic. Um, 
And so I knew that I had to try to get that one on there and uh, that I had to get it right. You know, it couldn't mm -hmm. obviously just be melon cubes with food coloring. Uh, so <laughs> right. tempting, but no, it had to be a, a real recipe. So um, thinking through Star Trek, first of all, how big a Star Trek fan are you? Oh, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Okay. Yeah. So no, I've, I've seen it all. Good. All right. No, because that's that's one of the things reading through here is there are two things that struck me. One is clearly that you know Star Trek, right? Not only not only are the the references to the various um series that are in there that it gives you the source, right? Whether it's original series, all the way through to lower decks, which I thought was really exciting to see. Um and the cultures. But also that it all did feel very authentic to what right. that is. Yeah. Now, I, I'd like to get your thoughts on this because I think about, I started as an original series fan and there's not really a lot of culinary presentation mm -hmm. about the only thing that I think of are these Starfleet food rations, yes. right? Um, in um, uh, Corbomite Maneuver, Kirk's eating a plate of like a a plate of greens with his fingers <laughs> right and then there's yeah. plumbing soup right there's not like the, there's you not know a lot. yeah right and and anytime there's like a banquet it's usually the scene picks up in the aftermath now there's a lot of alcohol mm -hmm. in Star Trek. yes <laughs> but Many not a lot colors, you know but but, it, but yes right exactly but <laughs> yeah. but you it isn't until we start getting into some of the later series that we really start seeing those culinary things. So what are your thoughts about that? Why, why do you think in the original series, it was food is almost non-existent versus where we get into deep space nine, where Ben Sisko's father runs a restaurant. Right. <laughs> well, I think maybe part of it is um, sort of access to the world and, and in a, a world with the internet and where fans can meet up and talk about these things uh, without having to leave home. You know, the, the people have always gathered to show love for Star Trek, but um, you know, where there are entire Reddit subreddits uh, just for Star Trek and various, you know, for different shows, different, you know, the Daystrom Institute is one of my favorites. Cause it's just like, Whoa, deep dive. Like, you all put me to shame, um, but I love it. Uh, but the, um, I think so in a world with that, you know, at our fingertips, literally, um, I think the world building matters more. Um, and so the original series, it, it was great. It was, it was different and revolutionary for its time, but it didn't do much for world building when it came to the details. You know, we, um, we don't know a lot about the different races at that point or the different cultures. And we don't know a lot about who's eating what or why. And, um, you know, you, you can take certain away mission rules away, like stop smelling the flowers when you go down to an alien planet. Like, just don't do it. Yeah. I, like <laughs> that should be one-on-one landing party. Um, but uh, so I think it, I think it's a world building that we, as we have more access to these franchises, these fandoms, 
I think people are interested in going deeper into the sort of behind the scenes, behind the the culture. You know, why do they eat that way? Uh, well, you know, if you look on Memory Alpha, you'll learn that, it's, um, you know, things like that. Yeah, I like I like how food becomes an instant shorthand because, as you said, mm -hmm. everyone eats. Everyone has different tastes. Some people might like their food spicy and challenging. Others may like it uh, just silky and comforting. And then, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, the whole thing with you know eating octopus live while it's sticking Ooh. its tentacles up your nose to try and stay nope. alive. No, yeah, nope. I, I have I'm been not. trying. I have been trying for about two weeks <laughs> to make ga. I, I oh, tell ah. my wife, and she's and she's a Star Trek fan. And I say, she's like, "What's for dinner?" And so I think I'm I'm gonna make gach tonight. And she's she gets that that face, right? <laughs> she doesn't even say anything. And it's a, and it's like, okay, or maybe I'll just grill chicken. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, is, is, well, is you make thing? it as a side. Just uh, just plate it next to the chicken, and just not not say anything. Right, yeah. right. Is, is the look on her face one of I would rather drink an entire bottle of Carolina Reaper sauce than even try that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like I'm just not feeling that adventurous tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. It's not disgust. It. It's just really kind of like I'm really not sure about this, and I get it. I mean, but I'm I'm excited to give it a try. I read through the recipe, and it's I, I, so. Let's let's talk about that yeah. particular recipe because you think about what was in the show, right? And I know we're not going to be serving up fresh gach, uh, right. but but how did you approach that? Because like I said earlier, this I don't see any from my own experience. There's no real world analog to this, right. and it was yeah. very creative your solution to that to that problem. So tell us how you how you approached it and how you ultimately came to the recipe that's in the book well there are um a very small handful of chefs i think who are playing with different molecular gastronomy things like that and who are actually making meat noodles um and so that was sort of i took inspiration from that because i was like i don't i don't have that training right that high culinary thing um but i was like I wonder, dear Google, you know, <laughs> uh, can you make noodles out of meat? If so, how? Uh, and I, I spent a lot of time reading up on their how-tos and you get these special ingredients and you hold things at temperatures for this long. And I thought, I don't have the patience for this or the, the inclination to try to hunt down meat glue of the <laughs> correct variety. Like, it's just not, it's not going to happen. And if I don't have that, you know, impulse. It's not really fair to put it in the cookbook. Um, so then I thought, okay, well, we can do sort of an homage to some of the platings that they've done in the shows, you know, the props departments where they use noodles uh, and they just sort of make them look gnarly in the background. Um, but wouldn't it be fun if there, if we do have a little bit of meat in there, right? And, and I think that that would be appropriate too. I didn't want to just put a, a sauce on a bunch of udon. Um, so you do get the udon in there for a, an especially slippery kind of a feel, but then you do get the sort of meaty noodles in there as well. Um, and with the sauce over top of it, it's just kind of like, 
oh, <laughs> I make the same face your wife makes. <laughs> uh, and it was funny is I actually, um, my daughter was about one year old when I was testing all these recipes. So she taste tested a lot of it. Um, she liked the green bread best, I think. Uh, but we have a great picture of her tasting the ga and just sort of looking up at us with this face of betrayal. Like, what? <laughs> what is this? I thought you were giving me food. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so the photo in the book of the guy is very it's 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 an excellent photo and in fact one of the things amongst all the other things that's impressive of the book is the food photography thank you did you are you responsible for that i am yes nice i i have done food photography many years in the past and so i know some of the tricks and I don't think you did that, but to, to make a dish look appetizing and just the way they're presented and how they're, they're, they're staged. I mean, it's, even if you're not a Star Trek fan, <laughs> the, the book is beautiful to look. I mean, it is really a beautiful cookbook to look at. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. No, it's, uh, you know, having started with Game of Thrones, obviously my comfort zone for food photography is much more rustic than you find in the world of star trek generally so i had to i had to do a lot of shopping to find utensils and you know brushed stainless steel bowls and just everything that looked more appropriate but then you know as you say you know you need it's all lighting and clean lines and very crisp and clear instead of i don't know put a candle in the background and just kind of make (laughs) it dark and moody uh, which is my usual fallback. So I learned a lot. <laughs> was uh, was was there a culinary institute near you or a, an adventurous uh, chef owner who you could have gone to and say, hey, do you have any of these? Can I borrow them for a shot, please? Maybe. I mean, I live in Vermont, so probably not, actually. There's <laughs> like no one lives here. So. Hey, there's a lot of farm to table stuff in Vermont, from what I hear. A lot of farm. <laughs> yes, but going in and saying, I need a a, a setting of Bajoran tableware for four. Do you have that? No, the Cardassians came through. They busted up the shop. Sorry, it's all broken. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was also a uh, peak pandemic. So, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, that yeah. complicates things a little bit. Yeah, but, but with the help of the internet, you know, I could say, what are those iconic forks that they're using in enterprise and somebody of course says well those are george jensen they're danish nice. uh, and i i can tell you uh that they are uh not only included in the cookbook but uh incredibly obnoxious to use as forks <laughs> they look much better than they are and uh, now and now i'm imagining myself there's like one or two star trek fans out there who specialize in star trek flatware Oh, I'm yes. sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought I was a nerd. <laughs> well, the next time you see uh, one of the scenes in Enterprise, especially where uh, they're in the captain's quarters and everybody's eating, just look at it with fresh eyes, knowing how obnoxious the forks are to use. <laughs> you'll see T'Pol with like tiny little piece of food that she's finally successfully speared on the end of the fork, you know, and it's you know, like, wow, she's really a dainty eater. That's a Vulcan thing, I guess. No, it's just the fork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, how how long did it take for you to, I guess, select what was going into the books? Because the book is broken down to basic sauces. We have sides and starters, soups and stews, breads and baked goods, mains, desserts, and my favorite drinks. <laughs> and the menu uh, suggestions, which are also very nice. True. Nice. Yeah. You know how to how to pair this this these items up and make a a presentation and a meal out of it rather than just here's a dish and here's a dish. Yeah. I always love doing that when it's possible. Cause it, it, it's a big project, you know, and it, I've made everything in the cookbook, but most people have not, uh, or not yet. Um, and so it, it can be very tricky to know like, all right, so I've picked a main course, you know, what, what goes with that? Um, just kind of, so I, I love doing the, the pairings to sort of help people, because then if you add a side, maybe the side has a suggestion for a drink and then the drink has a suggestion for dessert and you can sort of ripple effect, build out a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, I always <laughs> I always jump in uh, with both feet. Uh, so as soon as I finished up the call in which they asked if I was interested, I spent a week or two compiling massive lists of Star Trek food and a new Pinterest board with visual ideas. And, uh, and then they came back and they said, great. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I think we're, we're good to go on this. And I'm like, here you go. Here's all of my reasons. (laughs) Calm down. Uh, (laughs) So are there, are there any recipes that uh, didn't make the book that uh, might show up later as uh, bonus material somewhere? Well, the answer to this is twofold. Uh, Yes. In both cases, Uh, there were a few recipes that got away from me, like Joomja sticks. I desperately wanted to include. I made them once. They were perfect. They looked the part. They were the right shape, great texture, really good flavor. And I did not take notes. Oh, and I could never make it again. I tried many, many times. I don't know what I did. It was just a perfect storm that one day, I guess. Um, the other one, and I, I meant to look this up after my last interview because I, I can't remember the name of it. I think it almost is it the Rakari Starburst, the one where you tap the cocktail and it changes color? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, that I desperately wanted to include. And I, I tried all these different things. And like, if you change the pH with like a thing that you can drop in, but it changes color over like 15 minutes and it's not very showy. Yeah. And it's difficult to put in a recipe. Now contact uh, your visual effects department to exactly um, you know yeah. chroma key in the yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and and so you know obviously i was like well i can't make that one but could i make one inspired by where you tell and i still have some ideas but that one because it i hate when they i can't quite get there i run out of time there has to be wow. some molecular gastronomy chemical trick out there that changes the color of something in a few seconds. I, I, I refuse yeah. to believe. Well, there's, you can do the blue butterfly pea and um, citric acid will do it. But that's just, it's um, like purple to blue. And it, it's very pretty and it's very impressive, but it, it's just purple to blue. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I can do more. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. Stay tuned. <laughs> 
Um, the other part of that answer is uh, that Strange New Worlds came out after my deadline mm-hmm. for submitting the book. Uh, and you know that Pike is cooking in every single episode of that show. And it kills me that the book is outdated the moment it goes to press. Um, so. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the the um, bane of every Star Trek book reference yes. material. Uh, uh, you know, I was actually thinking about this earlier. I've got a, an edition of the Star Trek encyclopedia that includes a... Um, an appendix that's basically all the like it, it had been added into the volume in the reprint when Voyager had ended, right? right. But yeah, I mean, but <laughs> right, exactly, yes, right. I want you know, I want my lower decks uh, addendum at this point, yes. but that show's ongoing, strange new worlds ongoing, uh, discovery is ongoing, right? So, Our, I mean, at some yeah. point, yeah, at some point, you've yeah. just got to, right, right. I mean, it's oh, great to be right. a Star Trek fan in terms it's of incredible. all the new content. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's amazing. It's just amazing. But for people like you, at some point, you, I mean, you you can't let it frustrate you because right. otherwise no, you're true. just You gonna... just got to call it and yeah. I think it's come back. Um, yeah. But uh, no, and it's, I, I definitely fudged my, uh, my final deadline a little bit because it was right about when the first season of Lower Decks was coming out. So I was like, oh, it's it's almost done. It's really, it's just so. Uh, this Wait episode, after it. this episode. Wait, <laughs> 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 oh, like so. we get a few in from that. So that's good. Yeah. Nice. And I like also you... noticed that you've included recipes from uh, Strictly Novels. Yeah, in, a uh, couple. In the thing. Oh, yeah, um, I noticed that. And I, I know that they are, there are a lot of them. And so they're therefore underrepresented uh you know based on the number of show uh series foods that there are um but those came i think generally from the list of this sounds too cool to not make um so had to include (laughs) so are there any other fandoms that you have been approached to do cookbooks for um, well, I'm working on a second Game of Thrones one now. Okay. Um, sort of a slightly more Targaryen heavy for obvious. Because tie-in. of the new show, right? right? Yeah. Which is fun. You know, it's a little more exotic, a little more interesting, a little spicier. Break um, the eggs, grab your dragon, set fire to everything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, brulee. Uh, brulee uh, your enemies. Yes. Um, <laughs> And now I'm imagining someone carrying around a baby dragon and uses a torch. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Oh my god! Um, I would love to do Lord of the Rings. That's still sort of the last last big one on the bucket list. I've done a a little Hobbit cookbook that a German publisher picked up, but um, you know, with the the new show out, I feel like maybe there's maybe there's room now. Who knows? Um, the salted pork is particularly good. I I made a note. <laughs> I'm impossible <laughs> to watch things with. I'm so obnoxious. <laughs> oh my goodness! So I am looking forward to seeing where you dive in next with with the uh, with the cookbooks because uh, previously the only fandom cookbook I had 
try it out. There was an earlier Firefly one. Mm. And then there was one many years ago for this little show called Babylon 5. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the Babylon 5 dining guide was like a rarity for a long time. So. Well, anything uh, Babylon 5 was a rarity for a long time. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But uh, yeah, I would, I, I am now considering, it's like, what other fandom would I want to see a cookbook for? Mm. And you know, I keep coming back to to uh, the original series with you know Scotty with his eyes crossed, going, "It's green." Right. <laughs> I, I was going to say you could do an Archer cookbook, but it wouldn't be a cookbook; it would just Ooh. be a drinks book at that. Yes. Point. I mean, hey, yeah, a, bar- a bartender's guide. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For for several shows, could could be uh, yeah. an adventure. That'd be fun. Um, wasn't oh, what was the show? Wasn't wasn't there like a a bar component in uh, the original Quantum Leap? Mm. I don't remember now. Was it Quantum Leap? I could be hallucinating. It could be the drink. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, a bartender's guide from a show that could be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be a lot, yeah. a lot of fun. But Chelsea, tell everyone where. They can find you online to keep track of your next uh, adventures. Yeah, there you go. Tim, hold up, hold up that book. Looking spiffy. Uh, like sure. I said, it's yeah, a gorgeous I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, in, in at Crossroads, um, and my blog, in at the Crossroads, uh, is woefully neglected while I continue writing cookbooks, but has a lot of great <laughs> recipes up there. And, uh, and on Twitter, also, you know, if you find uh, if you find yourself confused by something in the cookbook, uh, I'm always available. I mean, not at night. But <laughs> have you have you given people like uh, alternative ingredients for different recipes? Oh, absolutely! No, I I love I love that it's uh, I love being a part of the community of people who are trying these recipes. You know, and it. If something is confusing or despite all the copy editing, you know, we leave a cooking temperature out or something. I like, I like being available to say, ah, this is what you do. So any questions, I'm here. Awesome. Uh, reading through the recipes and I made the Parek and uh, cloud eggs for breakfast because we do nice. a lot of eggs. Um, I, I found them to be very clear and understandable and in fact you know one of the things i think that one's rated three out of four pips in terms of difficulty mm. and i don't know whether i'm just a dab hand in the kitchen or what it is but i i, I it was fairly straightforward it was not difficult to do they turned out very very delicious nice. yeah so you know for well, what I, that's round up, I round up difficulty sometimes if you need sort of specialty equipment or you know, if you don't have a, a hand mixer or something, yeah, okay, it'd be sort of obnoxious to make, um, right? Right, things like or, that. Tim, you are just an or you're just expert. genius. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, what can I say? Sitting there, I had to. Sorry, <laughs> not usually a pun person, but it was sitting right there. Oh, no, you are definitely not, <laughs> not a pun person. Are you kidding? Summer, I've known oh. you too long to, oh, to know that that is just out and out wrong awful awful you're an incorrigible punster and we should not encourage you what oh 
Oh, well, Chelsea, thank you so much for sharing your time, your insights, and your love of the Star Trek universe's food selections. My pleasure. It's been a great time talking to you guys, and I look forward to hearing what you both make next. It's going to be Yikes. <laughs> you well, need we've got to... a lot of premieres coming up. So, yes. so yes. if you guys Very make sweet. the gawk, you need to record that for us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. The book is the Star Trek Cookbook: Culinary Adventures in the Final Frontier on sale September twentieth from Gallery Books. And for those of you who were curious, yes, we will be giving away a copy. So stay tuned for that. Meanwhile. We'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi right after this. Slice of Sci-Fi. Escape Pod is your destination for the best in modern short science fiction. Our intrepid crew of editors and hosts will bring you fun, thought-provoking, in-flight entertainment every week as the pod careens around the multiverse. In the mood for a classic, we've got Anson Mount, also known as Captain Christopher Pike, reading Theodore Sturgeon. Want something a little more up-to-date? Jennifer R. Donahue's surveillance fatigue has you covered in every sense. From classic space opera to intimate character drama, from heroic alien pets waiting for their families to herds of literal Einsteins and the benevolent conspiracy they're hatching. Escape Pod has it all at escapepod.org. So buckle up, because it's story time. Hi, I'm Sandal Ramamurthy from NBC's Reverie, and you are listening to Slice of Sci-Fi. And once again, that is the Star Trek cookbook, Culinary Adventures in the Final Frontier. It is available now, so you should be able to go out and get it from your favorite book establishment, be there online or brick and mortar. Uh, yeah, the pub date was September 20th. And yes, we are giving away a copy, the uh, entry form for that is right here on the website sliceofsci-fi.com and uh actually i'm not sure do i have one copy to give away or two definitely at least one <laughs> so come on in and enter that you have a, a few weeks to get that done in case you're listening to this later than the release date of what today what's today Wednesday, September 21st. So uh, if you are someone who likes to experiment in the food of the fandoms and Star Trek is your jam, good luck entering the contest. Come on by and let us know what you think of Star Trek food Star Trek drink. We can have some fun with that. If you have any other questions or comments, please call in. The number is 602-635-6976 or 
send an email right here, summer at sliceofsci-fi.com, or again, come on by the website, sliceofsci-fi.com, and leave your thoughts in the discussion section for this episode, and uh, get that conversation started. You can definitely chat me up on Twitter, at Slice of Sci-Fi. I think Twitter would be an awesome place to have a discussion about Star Trek food. You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple or Stitcher or Podchaser, Please consider leaving us a review. Help uh, raise the profile, signal boost this show. Let other people know that you are enjoying it and maybe they should check it out for themselves. I'd like to thank everyone who is helping to support the podcast and website projects here in the Slice of Sci-Fi universe. That includes the show's Slice of Sci-Fi, Babylon Podcast, Writers After Dark, Charlie Jade, and a couple of other archived shows that are kept online by your generous support, your donations through PayPal, your pledges through Patreon, and for your support, I am truly grateful. Thank you. If you'd like to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. You can pick a tier, any tier, and become eligible for perks. Every month, I pick a winner out of the hat, and that person gets to choose from a book, a Blu-ray, a DVD, a 4K set, many of the review materials. I receive, I can't keep. I just don't have the space. And that turns into really cool bonuses and swag for you, my listeners. And uh, you guys get to get cool stuff, and I get to keep my shelves tidy. <laughs> if you'd rather send the donation every now and then, the place to go is paypal.me slash sci-fi summer and that'll do it for this episode thank you all for listening we'll be back with more slice of sci-fi next week take care mm-hmm.